much preachers. You are now locked into the Preachers' Says podcast. We're here to free the real of the transitional struggles Christian women face. We will be better and do better. It's been a while, a while. It feels weird as well, like not being, you know, in West London, in the studio together. Even though it's weird, at the same time, we're so, I mean, I'm getting used to it now. It's just like, okay, you know, we're not together, but we're still together. Yeah. No, I'm the only I'm, one. You're the, you're <laughs> yeah. the only one. I want human interaction. That's all Same. I want. Oh. Yeah. Can why did you have to take it there? <laughs> I, don't I was trying to not react, Kenya. Why did you have to take it there? I started it. I'm so glad like, I'll be having my, my human interactions. Uh oh human you. interactions. I don't know about you. But I'll be having my human interactions. Lord of mercy. Yay. Well. <laughs> you know you like that. Um, guys, we're so happy to be back. Preacher says yeah. we're back for season three. I cannot believe it. It was it was very abrupt our our ending to season two, but hmm. we thought it would be best with everything that was going on with COVID nineteen. Has been three months, right? Yeah. I think yeah, three months. March, right? March, April, May, June. Yeah, COVID was up and down and tough. Um, especially it's been tough. Um, for um one of our girls, um Joe, and so you're probably you're gonna be hearing three people's voices for hopefully not too long. Joe's taking some time out. COVID was really tough and just you know figuring stuff out, and we are praying for her. Um, would like all of you to pray for her as well. Auntie Rona did not let some of us have peace and was very up and down. And so hopefully she's going to join us soon. But for now, you're going to be hearing three voices. Um, Obviously, the void is still going to be felt, but we hope that we'll be able to carry it for um, as long as we need to. But yeah, for myself, how has COVID been for me? I don't know is we're taking it each day as it comes really taking yeah. it as it comes yeah i think for me i think initially i was really ex- i kind of enjoyed it at the beginning and i think now it's becoming really difficult and i think just through the period um there's just been so many i've experienced so many ups and downs and so yeah i'm kind of just over it just just over it just ready to go back to normality mm. do the things that i love doing seeing the people that i love just being able to live my life that's what I want to do now yeah I hear that I'm definitely in agreement with that it's it has been a weird one because it definitely told us that a lot of us needed to to stop and rest for a bit um but without the but we we didn't we didn't want that to be the case with people dying you know as a result you know Mm. but it's been such a a journey though I feel like I start I don't know I've had a very interesting journey on with COVID right so I I started off by like into like my wellness I was doing all these stuff and so my fitness was on 100 I said ah by the end of end of week week whatever I would be like right (laughs) and then um we're now here I barely get any time to myself. I work out in the little time that I have left. I also started as a chef. 
Come and ask me if I've even had time to boil rice. <laughs> and baker as well, boy. Baker. Uh, oh, I'm still baking though. I'm baking a little bit. But it's just, at first, I was on this kind of like productivity high and, you know, anything that I felt like I wasn't good at, I really wanted to like kind of like upskill myself. And then it's like life gets in the way and you kind of just fall back into your old routine where you're doing so much. It's like, although where at home it still felt like I was so busy doing so much things and not catering to myself as I thought I would Mm. so yeah that was interesting mine's been actually different I think in the beginning I especially the first three weeks all I was doing every day was just eating ice lollies and just chilling (laughs) like my ice lolly consumption was actually worrying like I was just (laughs) just living living my living my best life at home um and then something just like I don't know like an apple just hit me on the head it was like what are you doing during this time like you need to be a bit more productive and since then with um the help and push of friends as well I've been more productive on like an overall you know level so it has been a blessing um to me as well but yeah, I think everybody's gone through different stages. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, thanks everyone that's been supporting us and, uh, you know, during our little hi- hiatus, hiatus. You started again. <laughs> you, were getting, you, were, you, were, you were right. You I'm, were, not, I'm, not from, I'm not from this country. So sometimes I, I need to do a sound check. Hiatus. <laughs> and it sounds like, I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> hiatus. Oh, well, everyone, thanks for your support during that time. Um, we did a few lives. Um, thank you, everyone, that locked in, that was, you know, kept up with our engagement. We're back. Um, hopefully, we can give you some edifying content. Oh, let's introduce, introduce ourselves. ourselves. Oh, yes, yes. Go me? ahead, girl. Me? Me? I don't think you've um, ever started it, actually. <laughs> oh, I haven't. Oh, because I like to do it. The last Always end <laughs> I'm always like the last but not the least. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. So today you have myself, Rosalind, myself, Kenya, and Abby Soye. Guys, what a time to be alive! Indeed, what a time yeah. to indeed, be indeed alive. What is going on yeah. in our world? I don't know. I feel like everything is happening in 2020. <laughs> Someone said, "If Jesus will come, Jesus must come in 2020." <laughs> because, as in, there's, there's so much that way. <laughs> so much has happened. So much has happened. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, if I don't know what we can like, what would even start on? But you know, I'm just gonna say out right, like the Black Lives Matter movement yeah. in the last couple of weeks um, is literally a, what a time to be alive because a lot of things mm-hmm. has been unearthed that I didn't think I would. Um, be even that would even be in discussion in my lifetime I just thought it was just like okay this is just how it is you know yeah no to be honest um this is quite controversial and I was actually speaking to someone about this yesterday I feel like we're at a time where there there seems to be this sacrificial lamb Mm. i.e George Floyd I'm not saying that you know what happened to him was right but it just it seems like it's triggered so many things some um it has allowed conversations that we've been sitting on and pretending that it doesn't exist and it is not an issue and really forcing people it's like we're having conversations but by force Mm. um and yeah i think for me 
I'm just grateful that we have a platform that we can even talk about something like this. Um, but I think that's what it's, it's been. It's been very interesting. So, to, so to speak. Yeah. It's what, been has been the, what has been the difference in your opinion that has made it so by force, we are going to speak about it because people have been, you know, being killed. Um, there's been pre- police brutality for years, hundreds of years. So like, what, why do you think at this point that it's now like by force, we're going to deal with this? I think, uh, I don't know, Kenny, do you want to? No, I'm still thinking about why. Um, so what I think that um, there are quite a few factors. So one, um, people are, especially in America, um, I think it, um, in the news or something, they said that due to COVID, 40% of America's population are unemployed. Um, so I think because of COVID, a lot of people have been slow, slowed down. Um, a lot of people are not able to do anything. There, it's just people feel more um, more helpless in their situations. And so I think that when people are already frustrated in the situations that they're in, and then you see something crazy, it just triggers something in you. Mm. And it's like, um, I, I don't know, I just, I feel like, especially the black, um, for blacks in America, the the government is not providing any kind of welfare, any support, what, like nothing really. And so people are already frustrated with that situation. And then to see something that has already been constantly normalized, I think it just people had just pretty much had peaked at that point. And so that's why I was like, I feel like, because it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like it's out of the ordinary like that the same situation ha- happened to was it eric eric gardner yeah so but it just seems that people people are fed up and people have had enough and during covid everyone has time <laughs> well none of us are going anywhere and so i think for, for for people to experience that they just thought you know what we're, we're tired and i think that's what's led to all of this but now it's become it's gone further than just a situation in America because a black person anywhere around the world, like personally, I haven't been able to actually watch the full video of um, George Floyd being, being killed because it's just, it's so traumatizing and it's so triggering of all the experiences that you have experienced because of just of your, the color of your skin. And mm-hmm. so I think that that just triggered everybody all around the world. And we're all in the same place as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to, we all have a bit of time on our hands and we've had to process that. And so that's why I just think that more people are like, right, we have to talk about this. We need to do something. We're tired of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also I think that over the few years, we've seen um, the rise in the power of social media not that it wasn't powerful when Eric was around and, and when that incident happened, but I think that we've really seen how powerful it is that like you can, so it just takes one person to start something and it just can spread and go far and wide. And I think that that has helped us a lot in this time to really push out the message mm-hmm. and to get lots of people on board. And um, yeah, we've taken advantage of that, which has been a blessing, I guess you could say. Lots of petitions are being signed. Lots of, you know, things like Blackout Tuesday um, and yeah, whatever yeah. else. Um, so, yeah. A lot of us, we are creating, you know, posts online and we're sharing things. Um, but one of the things that I 
really struggle with with all of this is that is my post enough and and I say this because we all follow certain people we all have our I always say this but echo chambers and it's Mm -hmm. like you know we're posting to the people that in a sense probably are in agreement with us already Mm -hmm. um and I know that's resulted in a lot of people going out to protest and stuff like that um yeah like I just wonder if if posts are enough I think it's important to do what's right for you if that makes sense um for me you know protesting I understand the 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 reason behind it and you know what hats off to the people who are going out there and protesting um for me in this in this current climate going out and protesting isn't for me um I I want to protect myself as best as I can against COVID-19 um so doing that isn't isn't you know something that I'm like yeah let me go and do it do you know what I mean but there's so many other forms of of um you know supporting it and and there are lots of times whereby actually I need to check out because it's just so overwhelming it's so overwhelming and the feelings that you experience are just too much I just have to sometimes just tap out and say you know what no social media for a whole week Mm -hmm. because like you said Rosin all this stuff is traumatic and now Mm -hmm. You know, there are tons upon tons upon tons of other videos that are coming to the surface of, again, what if you watching black people being shot, tasered, punched in the face, even down to children being carried like a like a, a bloody Hermes parcel, do you know what I mean, to a police car. It's, it's so traumatic. Mm. And you can't, you know, so if someone wants to do one, one black square, who are we to judge? In their capacity, that's what they can do currently. You don't know if they've gone and signed more petitions. You don't know if they've done a chain on, on WhatsApp or whatever else. And I think that it's important that we also don't feel as though, um, you know, oh, I'm, I'm not doing enough. Look at all those people going out and protesting. It's important that you know why you do what you do. Yeah, I agree. And um, I feel like well, this is more for, you know, our Christian listeners. But it's about, as Christians... Do, do we ha- i'm not saying you sh- people shouldn't protest but do we have to do what everyone is doing do you know what i mean and um i like um during this whole period and um with everything with the campaign black lives matter a lot of the question i was asking myself was god i i want like because the your default is you're going to be angry your your you know little things are going to annoy you i feel like i went that uh, for a few days at work i was literally giving yes or no answers to people because i just even just the conversation with somebody was really triggering me and then when people will ask me oh how are you i'm like i'm not fine <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not fine you know and it's like so our default nature our flesh is that we're going to be angry or we're going to be frustrated um but it's not everybody is called to go out there and protest not everybody some people don't even use social media that doesn't mean that they can't speak Mm. about it um and so for me i guess my question is so my answer to the question that you asked is um i did what i felt like i was led to do i wasn't led to go and do protesting i wanted to but i i think that was a there was a fleshy part of my of me like oh let me go and do it too like I want to be part of it too you know but when I prayed about it and you know I really pondered on it it was just that I was very conflicted also um my mom is a um a shielded person 
um, with with COVID. So it's like, even if I go, as much as I protect myself, I am going to be putting her at risk. And that was also the conflict with that. And so I, although I, my my desire was to go, it was just my spirit was not really there with it. And But I've done lots of other things that um, um, I was convicted to to do and put myself out there more and speak to even being being bold enough to have some conversations that usually I would not have those conversations so um yeah so I guess my question is that as Christians what does activism look like because um I've had several I've had several conversations with people um Christians about this and it's just like it's just really weird because you get very extremes of um, you're called to be salt and light. Like all we have to do is um, evangelize and call people to be disciples and change people's hearts, and it will change. And I agree, right? And then there are people that are just like you. Also have to um, um, the viol- the violent take it take it by force, you know. And you we got to be out here in these streets. And it's so, but it's like ultimately, as Christians, our conduct cannot be as everybody else's. So how does activism look like how does standing up to change look like for christians um what i would say for me is when i think about what as christians we should do uh, that is different from what the world in general is doing I think it's difficult because as a Christian, my whole stance has been, um, you know, that we treat people how we want to be treated and we love people, you know, the way that we are supposed to love ourselves. And with that being said, sharing a message um, and being out there and um, trying to use as many platforms as we can to spread that message is really important for us to do. And it seems like the avenues that people are using are the avenues that Christians can also use to spread that message. So whether it be, you know, uh, protests or whether it be under the comment sections um, going back and forth um, with certain people, like, I, I don't know, I find it, I don't know if we can really completely separate ourselves or, and I'm not saying that you're saying to separate ourselves, but I don't think um, an activist and a Christian are separate in these times. I feel like they are one because it's all for the same cause, you know, sharing the news that we should be treating each other the same way. Um, I think where it differs is when you have people who are just angry and they're going out and doing things, which as Christians, we know we shouldn't be doing. Um, For example, um, looting um, or um, being um, violent to people. I don't, I don't know about the, 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 um, knocking down of the statues and all of that jazz. I don't, I don't know mm. <laughs> about all of that. Um, maybe it's that, that's the ticket, ticket by force. Um, but, mm. <laughs> but yeah, like I think my, yeah, I think that activism and Christian Christianity during this time, you know, I feel like there is a lot of alignment there. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think of course that the, um, the term in the, the definition, sorry, of an activist is somebody who wants to or promotes the political or social change. And I think that, um, you know, especially in this country, um, a lot of the laws are laws that are that are biblical, you know, across all these countries, a lot of the laws are biblical things. And so therefore, you know, as Christians, we're trying to enforce and make sure that, you know, 
you guys have got laws that are biblical and we need to abide by those. We need to ensure that they are, you know, lived out. Like, you know, do not steal, do not murder. These are things that the law of all countries stand by. And, you know, treating each other, loving each other equally is also, there are laws for that as well. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think, like I've said, that we can really separate the two things. Um, a bit like the, like the human body. There are different parts to the body, but they also have a purpose. Your body might not function with just one lung. It requires the two. Your body will not function without the heart. It requires one. Similarly, there are in, within our body of Christ, we all have different roles to play in this activism, in this, mm-hmm. in this protest. Some of us are called to go out and march on the streets. Others of us are called to go and hand out water bottles and towels and snacks to the protesters. Some of us are called to go and speak in schools about it. Some of us are called to go and um, have discussions with political people about it. Everyone has a role to play in this. And it's just about us identifying, well, what is my role Mm -hmm. in this activism that is going on at the moment? And so, yeah, we can't really separate ourselves completely from it. I have a question on what you said about the law, because I think that kind of links back to what Rosalind was saying. In the law that we're referring to, there there are some um, some systematic things that have been put on, in place to actually um, hurt black people, especially, you know, in... Actually, I don't want to say especially in America. In general, there's like some, you know, subconscious various things there that have been put in place that will, you know, hurt black people. Say, and, and it's the same way sometimes in the Bible where people say, like Rosin was saying, you know, there's various elements of how do you react to um, negative things that are happening when, you know, the Bible can tell you taketh by force, but also, you know, um, the vengeance, vengeance is not yours, you know? So it can, it, it, it can be in the same, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but it's like both the law and the Bible, sometimes it, you know, they give you different types of advice for different situations. Mm -hmm. And it's like, as a Christian, which one are we choosing? You know, which comes back to the, you know, not leaning on your own understanding because that's what people do. We're like, okay, well the Bible says this and it says this in this instance, I'm going to go with this one because that's what I think is right to do right now. Of course. Yes, we know that it says those two things that are polar opposites but it's about you going to god and asking him lord what is it you really want us to do in this time like is it do you really want us to go and and take us by force right now or do you lord want us to do x y and z instead and so it's very easy for us to operate on our feelings and our own understanding and then use you know scripture bibles to back up our decisions Mm. for the things that we've done but really especially as people of God, the whole thing is we want to bring God's glory in everything that we do. And we need to make sure then that we are led by him. He has to be the one to tell us to go left or to go right. So I understand it is, you know, difficult, but, you know, maturity in Christianity, come on, we we go to God. We know that we need to go to God for these things. And like, um, just to add to that, the, the foundation of who we are, as Christians is that we um we are a reflection of God and God is love. And I know people probably don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but we were supposed to love um our neighbors as ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like activism for for some people might be that you're not you're not telling off the the person for doing something wrong. 
it could be coming in love and educating them about it mm-hmm. um it could mean um even um bear, bearing being bearing witness to somebody you know when you're not coming you know when you're not bringing all that anger you're not and w- you're coming at them at a complete different um angle um i don't know i've been given the grace to do that but you know if mm-hmm. like it's just i think that it's just it looks different for everybody but ultimately the problem the problem with racism is that racism is not a skin issue it's a sin issue is because Ooh. people are seeing it some races are seeing their race as um better than others or higher than others and that defeats the whole purpose of what god is about he's good all of us we're all equal in the bible you know when they they they've always had these beef between the gentiles and the um even the what was it the lady at the well was she a samaritan she was a samaritan yeah yeah but i remember um like that whole bible story when jesus was sitting at the well with her and then you can tell that it was like that all this um kind of like division like Mm -hmm. we're not supposed to be talking to each other and jesus was like it doesn't matter the story of um the the good samaritan you people were passing by him because oh um they what the one person was the preacher that had to go about his way the other person was just like i don't know this person so um i'm gonna go about my way and leave them it's good that's not it defy it defies what god is about god is about all of us as one body we're all the same we're all equal and um we all show love to each other and racism is the complete opposite of that so standing up against that looks different um ultimately is to, for all of us to come back together. And yeah. so I just think that we sometimes you just need to operate from that angle that um, the system is very, very flawed and the system needs to be changed. But o- a lot of these things ultimately needs to be, to bring all of us into loving each other and seeing all of us. Um, I, know, I know it's hard, but I'm, it's, it's more so, it's like, it's it's a, it's bringing it back to a place of all of us seeing ourselves as equals and mm. um being that you know one body in Christ as we are and not that one person is better than the other and and so um sometimes even the aggressiveness and the pushing it might not necessarily need to be that I'm not saying it's not that but it, sometimes it doesn't have to look at that look like that you know because maybe showing love to someone that's like really racist can change their can change their their view who knows so i just think that we just need to um have an open mind and ultimately um well for me what i've been doing a lot of um in, in with this whole thing has been god really like renew my understanding and renew um just renew transform my mind and let me not run with this because of how i feel and my emotions but for him to just help me conduct myself accordingly because what he wants us to do i don't know how that looks like maybe one day i need to go out and protest maybe one day i need to be breaking bread with someone that's um a far right person you know it's not easy it's not easy <laughs> but i have a um, question one do we think that not the church body but do we think that the church as organization leaders have a role to play when it comes to dealing with dealing with um these issues a hundred thousand i yeah i definitely i definitely do um 
I definitely do every like the church as a whole does have a part to play um, in all of this because a lot of people who would count themselves as Christians have been demonstrating racist behavior for sometimes their entire life yet they are under loudest you know and it's it's like it doesn't make any sense so if your leaders um are not um teaching you in the right way or are not uh, or not talking about it then what are you like how can you truly call yourself a christian like it doesn't it doesn't, I think definitely these leaders have a responsibility to talk about it. Um, but I think what the problem is, is that some of these leaders, um, and I, I don't want to say America, but it, it, it does seem to be America. Um, <laughs> some of the leaders um, have been practicing or teaching in the same way that they were, that were, they were teaching during slavery, you know? Um, so the same mentalities that they've had um, and the same things that they were teaching um, their uh, their congregation, which were allowing these congregations to believe that slavery is a good thing, is the same thing that they are still teaching to this day, mm-hmm. and it's making it seem like they're just not hitting the spots yet. They're not they're not in tune with what's going on, um, and sometimes it's just a, a a Christianity that suits them rather than a Christianity that is observant of what Jesus actually called for the whole world to be and how they should behave um so yeah definitely the churches need to be held accountable um but they're struggling too why, why do you yeah. think, why do you think they're struggling like what what is the struggle if we have you know the church comments on abortions church comments on you know natural disasters and other things that go on in our world why is this one so different I, i'm not gonna lie to you you know like to, to be honest my um i think my church doesn't really comment on a, on a lot of stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Just, um, I think that for churches to address this, there are some certain things that you need to take into consideration. One, um, your the demographic of your church congregation. So if it's really mixed, um, definitely something you need to address because, like, you don't want a situation like Hillsong, unfortunately, <laughs> you know. Um yeah so you need to address it because you need to you know you need to reassure your black members that the church is behind them and the church is you know proactive with dealing with racial issues right so if you have mixed members i also feel like um if you're if you have a very young young type of members or millennials um because um what I found is like churches where the demographic has more of the like our parents' generation, so it's not our generation, they kind of don't care about these things. Um, it's like they're not that they're they're not directly affected, like because when you think about it, oh like our parents they've taught us when you racism or any any sort of when you go to a white environment whatever you do you can you kind of like kind of bury yourself in the sand like you 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 accommodate the situ- the environment you're in you don't go there to be like this loud person you don't go there to be um like yourself you kind of just it's like you kind of you exist enough just to not cause problems and um, because they're used to kind of like you know kind of burying their head in the sound in the sand um and so for them, I think that they, 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 there are issues that they saw and probably they've experienced, but they were never, um, 
empowered to speak about it whereas our generation we see those things and we want to speak about it and we want to challenge it and i think that if a church doesn't speak on those things a lot of the young people will be it it causes a disconnection because it's like you're not dealing with the real issues and what's going on in the world so i think it's it's things like that that is taken into consideration and like personally my church is not really tackled like that at all I don't I, I don't know. Um we spoken so we've spoken about it as part of our young um like our young adults group, but it's not something that's tackled on the, the, the bigger platform as in the whole church body because not gonna lie, majority of the aunties don't really care about it. They just think that, oh, I don't want my children to go and protest for the the police to come and arrest them. And that's all they know um to it. Or don't cause any problems. It's like even speaking to the race issue with my my colleagues at work like when I say mention to my parents it's just like no don't don't cause problems don't cause problems you know and so I think that they they're trying to figure out how to approach it they you have to because it is is as much as we we avoid it we don't like to say it it's still a touchy subject for a lot of people that to either speak boldly about it if they're black or if they're white person speak about it in the correct way and not tiptoe around it or go and say something wild like all lives matter because the the black people are gonna come for you you know so i just think that it's it's very much dependent on the type of demographic that you have but it's just the conversation needs to be normalized it's because it's not normalized Mm. everyone tries to go about it in a political way and it's not it race racism is not a political issue it's just as wrong let's deal with it you know Mm. um yeah yeah you mentioned like quite a few things I was typing and writing it so I can remember hey, what powerful. Gonna... Um, <laughs> else, yeah, yeah, come yeah. through journalist <laughs> um so <laughs> the first thing about churches um that are not addressing it, I think you're right our parents generation they are so used to it being a norm that they they're not as interested in what no they're not as interested in what's in, in what's going on and that's that's just like I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it but I think that's the actual issue that we need to break because the same way I initially I was saying that I personally didn't think that a conversation about what a conversation about me thinking what hairstyle I should have for an interview was ever going to be unearthed that everybody's talking about like this shouldn't happen you should not be worried about that so I think a lot of our parents generation just have taken it as that's a norm and I think it's not it's not fair for them to be bound like that it's not fair for them to feel that way. And I think as churches, like you say, for every different demographic, they need to find a way to talk about the issue in the, in the most appropriate way to, every, to, to, their, um, to their congregation. On every level, if you, like you said, if, you, if it's predominantly black, if it's mixed, if it's white, there's a different way of saying the same message and it needs to be said. Mm-hmm. We can't um, shy away from it um, because it's... Otherwise, then we are enabling, you know, I think for black, a lot, a lot of us for years, black people, we haven't known it, but we have been enabling because we've taken it as a norm. And, and I'm sorry, no, no, we're not having it. <laughs> we're not having it. Um, what else did you say? Oh, yeah. When you were talking about, I think Kenya earlier on, she was talking about um, that we should all come as one. I was thinking, you know, in the Bible where it says that God actually made everybody have different languages you know so they wouldn't try and reach to heaven yeah Mm -hmm. um it made me think that yes we are we should be um we should look at each other as as you know as 
as one, but are we ever truly going to understand each other? Are we ever truly, can we, is it too much of an expectation for a different race to understand the other when in a way God has kind of made it that way that, you know, even in, you know, when it comes to languages that we don't speak the same language as different races, can we truly expect each other to understand each other? I think we won't always truly understand each other because we all have different experiences and different outlooks and so on and so forth based upon our culture, our race, bloody, 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 blah. But it's just about respecting that that's, that's them. Does that make sense? It's about knowing that, oh, this is the black community. This is how they operate. This is what they do. Or oh, we're the Asian community. This is how they operate. This is what they do. You will never understand um, the struggles that we go through. Similarly, I will never understand the, the the struggles of I don't know the Indian community, for example, or the Jewish community. I wouldn't understand it because it's quite different to that of our own. And so maybe yeah, God maybe created that you know as using that story of the illustration of everyone doing having a different language. They don't really understand each other, but it's not always about under, it's about being able to coexist together mm. and respect each other and treat each other fairly. The woman at the well, she had a different experience to somebody else in, um, from the other tribe. But at the end of the day, they should be able to still coexist uh, together. Simple mutual respect. That's that. Like, you may not understand my struggles. I don't understand yours. And that's fair enough. But at least still respect me as a human being. Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely echo that. And um, I, it's also, I'll say that... Um, Although we're different, God has made us in a way that um, we see past that difference. And so you, you, it's, it's, this, it's kind of like how Jesus views us, right? We are not worthy of his love. We mess up daily, but he still loves us regardless. Like somebody can do something that I don't like, but I, I'm expected to love them regardless. I might not understand them, but you love them and you accept them regardless or despite as some say despite despite what um what they lack or what they don't do i was just trying to look for the verse about the whole love thing and i thought so it says it's first john 4 11 to 12 and it says that dear friends since god loves us that much we surely ought to love each other no one has ever seen god but if we love each other God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And so it just shows that it's like when whenever I see the word ought to do, it's like we're obliged to do it. That's, that's what we're called to do. Yeah. But I de- hopefully it's not too hard because we look to God. And when we're reminded of how Christ died for us and loved us so much, um, it's supposed to be easier. And so I think for me, it's it's... It, it, it it's kind of like the beauty in the midst of the the difference and the the language and the skin tone and everything mm-hmm. ultimately we all we are all we i love you regardless of you not looking like me regardless of you having different opinions to me and so if i love you i'm not gonna lord myself over you i'm not going to um think i'm better than you i'm not going to um um just minimize your experiences when i'm when someone's saying they they've dealt with race racism in the office some people will look at them like oh no we don't do that here you know it's just it's it's diminishing someone's experience it's things like that it's like 
treating other people the same way that we treat ourselves regardless mm-hmm. of whether we cannot relate to what they're saying but we don't understand um all that stuff but i just think that humans we're just not good at doing that and then um when people are oppressed as well they go on to oppress people you know they'll go on to um and it's just it's a because I, I don't remember who i don't know I, can't, I think it was a church i don't remember the church that was talking about but they were like right um racism white privilege they are not things that people wake up and decide that they're gonna do it is it's something that's learned it's something that you're taught you're taught them right yeah. someone like white privilege is not something that you choose you you're given it because you're born into it and you're taught all these values and you and you you either use your privilege for good or you use your privilege privilege um for bad and it's like us we're taught that okay like in the office don't you don't want to be too loud you don't want to be this don't do that just you know just be be quiet enough be nice enough you don't want to come across so it's like all these things mentally we society has taught has taught us these things and i think a a, a good place to start from is for us to kind of unlearn a lot of these things like Mm -hmm. one thing that i really had to call myself out about is that all the time that i felt like okay i'm this person that although i'm you know i say what i want and all these things but in the other side i'll say what i want but i'll really say in a very diplomatic way you know and i will come correct and sometimes people will say stuff that it's like it's inappropriate um you know it's not but you 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 pick your battles and you let it go and it's like each time that you allow that stupid joke to carry on you you're you're also i'm also contributing to the to the bigger issue Mm. so i just Mm. think that it's it's all of us kind of draw draw like kind of taking a step back and seeing ourselves as one and you know moving from there but all all of this is ideal (laughs) because Mm. i know that it's hard um Mm. but ultimately i think that that's what that's what god is expecting from us really Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah yeah you, I, I couldn't have said it better like that's literally that's literally it it's not easy that's though no it's, it's not. not easy though. Oh, okay. but, um, but no but i wanted to say this right so i wanted to ask you guys what you thought about this so basically on instagram so one of my friends sent me this right i'm gonna say the girl's name because i really feel like that girl the person acted really wrongly um, if she comes for me, yeah. I don't care. Um, so basically, <laughs> does does anyone know Jenna Jenna Kocha? No. So no. she's like, um, she's she's like this kind of um, like influencer, and then she has a podcast called Gold Digger Podcast, and she's like a she's like a, a Christian. I think she's like she sponsored um, a child in Africa, right? And then she posted, this was like a couple of years ago, and she posted a picture of the child. And then there was this girl on um, on Instagram when she posted the child. So the comments that she gave, it was just like, oh, I'm so happy and this and that. And you know when that kind of like, the kind of like white savior um, yeah. mentality, yeah. So the, the girl's called Toy Marie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so she basically commented on, or she emailed her saying something about, um like i think you should take this down um because you know the way that you described it it's not you know it it it, it perpetuates the problem of black people being these kind of like 
um, helpless and then this is like there's a white savior that will come and help them and basically the, jenna did not respond to that situation right like she was very defensive like i've done this for him i've done that for him i deserve to post and show what i've done and blah blah, blah. okay so this was three years ago right and then um the lady um um jenna now reached out to this lady very recently and then basically apologized to her and said that oh in light of everything she's actually learned she's educated she's educated herself she's learned a lot and she actually now she actually gets that what she did was wrong she didn't understand it then that time but what she um she gets it now and she shouldn't have done that right come yeah. so the, the lady has apologized right come and see this lady the lady said that um um so she took it as she's trying to do damage control because maybe it will come out that she's um she's been defensive about this situation and the lady now screenshotted the whole email thread they had then right now said she's gonna re- she released it she said that she should donate to all these black causes she should um she should um give her money for the emotional trauma that she caused her she did she 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 was involved in so many things yeah. from her because she's like she's quite a well-known um influencer right and she's like she yeah. should, there's she posted her paypal account she should pay i've put it in the group so you guys can go and catch up on it i didn't read all of it but it was really annoying me because this woman runs um um a group she calls herself black women are love right it said black women are love right and i, I the the reason why i'm just calling this out is because like i just there are people that will be very, very wrong in this time. And there are people that have probably um, not known any better, right? And how do you draw the difference between someone that's coming to you to say, I'm genuinely sorry, I didn't know any better, yeah? To people saying that, oh, that's, um, um, is damage control or because everyone is calling stuff out now, people, it's like, it's like, you know, when people are now saying that brands are putting stuff out there, they don't mean it right um and so people we shouldn't we shouldn't take it or we shouldn't accept it and I, that really worries my spirit because it's like who who are who are you and who are we to say that someone is not being right. true? precisely i think that what she did was doing the most um and i think that the woman who went and suggested that she needs to do x y and z and blah 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 like it didn't have to be done publicly it could have been something that she could have just sent to jenna herself and that's someone who has a good intention for her sister her fellow sister in christ i i was saying that funny enough kelvin and i were having a conversation today um for someone's tweets from whenever got pulled up and he's the same boy who was rapping in yoruba and blah 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 blah. i was like look have you not seen this yeah 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 yeah. and i was just saying you know people have such ill intention and they but then they feel that they're justified in what they are doing but actually your behavior of of malice um is just as bad as the words that left their mouth that their mouth that was racist the intention was to hurt and to harm the Mm -hmm. hate and anger you had in your heart is the hate and anger they had in their heart towards the black woman or whatever Mm -hmm. what's what separates you two from it Will you consider justice? If God was to come down and you said to him, well, you know, God, yeah, you know, yeah, this is what she did. So I had to, God be proud of you. Are you actually glorifying God? Are you being a good example to non-believers? You're not. And I think that that behavior is very, very wrong. And, you know, 
she has to go to the Lord and repent for that because that is a really unkind thing to do to Jenna to drag her through. Like she said yeah. that she she she'd educated herself as a lot of our Caucasian friends and family members are doing in this time. Even us as black people, there's a lot of learning that we are doing. May I don't know. There's so a lot much that about, I'm learning in this period. Oh, there was so much I didn't know about our own yeah. history. And I'm like, rah, there's so much. Yeah. Everyone's like, the, the woman, so she paid her. She, so she and she did all the she all the friends, she was like, You have to do this, you have to contribute to this this charity, yeah. you have to do and she actually did those things, did right? It. And That's she fine. said, You That's have to so compensate me for the emotional trauma, and she demanded money and she paid her money, right? She, she, so she refunded the money back to her because she said that the money that she gave is not enough because at for but based on her 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 net worth or whatever, that's nothing. But then let her go to the courts and let them decide then. That's let it. them take it to court. I don't like that that's kind it. of behavior. Yeah. How can you go to court something that had actually got nothing to do with you in the first place? Right. Right. This is clout chasing. And she got to go. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I think that's... Yeah, no, but can you really hit the nail on the head with that? Because I think that it's just in this time, there's we are angry. We like that. Like, I'm angry with people at work, like because they're not dealing with things in the way that I want it to be handled, you know. But we can't, we can't operate from a place of hate because we, it doesn't make us any better than the people that are, are causing the problem. It doesn't make us any better. Mm-mm. So at all. Yeah. And in this, time when, uh, in this time is when, in this time is when Kenya. Um, in this time, this is when Christians need to be exerting, you know, a, a, a different level of grace as well. Mm. Um, we have mm. to be patient with those who, who don't understand. We have to be patient with one another as well. Um, in this time, like for example, you know, lots of people were going to go ahead with the protest on Saturday, and there were a multitude of people who were against that, and probably getting angry and upset about the fact that the black people and the people of the, of the in the community were still going to go march against Tommy Robinson and his crew. But we need to just show grace and show love in this time, and that's the best way that we can actually be true ambassadors for God in this time. Um, and in every single thing that we do, we need to make sure that glorifying God. Is at the center of it all if you know that god will not be happy with you writing or, or vandalizing that statue even though it pains you to see that statue if you know it doesn't bring glory to god to do that then don't do that mm-hmm. do not do it you know if you know even the thing on your board the things that you choose to write on your board when, while you're protesting make sure that it brings glory to god it's still it is still honorable to god in in the season that you are in so what a time to be alive. Honestly. Gosh. I'm not going to even really add. I think to leave it, um, what Kenya said, my shaking and my moving is because I've just seen some, some wild stuff from black women. And I've just, what is, what is all of this? Like, I know you're angry, but this is too, this is too much. And I want to message them and be like, what are you doing? But at the same time, it's like, I do not want your rough. I don't yeah. want your rough like it's too much but yeah can you you just yeah you hit the you hit the nail on the head I ain't gonna say nothing else i noted two verses for activism because i don't want people to listen to it and say that we're saying or because we've said a, a whole lot that i can't even remember mm-hmm. but ultimately like god god wants us to god is god like 
stands for activism and justice um mm. i looked up these verses and it said um psalms 11 7 says for the righteous lord loves justice the virtuous will see his face mm. and then um psalms 103 6 says the lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly so mm-hmm. god god stands for um people that have always been oppressed people that have been treated unfairly and um, i think proverbs um i can't remember i use this for, i use the scripture a lot but um it's somewhere in proverbs it says that you have to speak out for those that can't be spoken that can't speak for themselves and you have to mm-hmm. stand up to um those that who are being oppressed so we 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 in this time it's very important for us to do that but let's just apply discernment and wisdom with it yours might look different to kenya's kenya's might look different to mine mine might look different to other sayers and it's just all about us knowing the part we play as kenya said um you know yeah. i think well, on that um the issue that people are having is what is god's time um and it's like people as a just in general you know we are always like oh, okay you know we want things now and because it's been so long so many years of oppression it's like you know we, we you know we need the change now and it just reminded me when you were talking about um Habakkuk 2 3 where it says for the re- revelation awaits an appointed time it speaks of the end and will not prove false though it lingers wait for it it will certainly come and will not mm-hmm. delay and mm-hmm. it just reminds me um, of the fact that God's time is not our time um, mm-hmm. and God is not a man that he will lie. So the scriptures that you mentioned before, they will come to pass mm-hmm. and we have to trust in God's time. Um, but that but that as well doesn't mean that we, um, we're we saying you should just lay there and just be, yeah. you know, uh, docile. Is that be that's pimp. No one wants I'm you a- to be pimp. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants you to be pimp. Um, but just know that everything that you can do should be in the remit as a Christian should be in the remit that God has allowed you to do and what he has called you to do. And God will do the rest. Mm -hmm. There are, there are situations where, you know, and I know that earlier on when I was just like, what has made this change happen? What is, you know, of course it is a lot of frustration, like we said, but it's also, you know, it's also a bit of a miracle that this thing is, (laughs) that is erupting this way, you know, because, I was saying that I wasn't there for the civil rights movement. I don't know how, 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 um, how it was in 1968. I wasn't there. I wasn't there. But for what I can feel today, it seems like a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like a major push. So, yeah. And we have been hurt. For Literally. once, we're actually being hurt. Like, people are being called out by false brands are being called out. So it's like, even if things are not where they used to be, we're empowered somehow like even like this whole thing it, it's giving me small boldness to just mm. say i don't want to do it i don't i, I don't if you call at work when you're moving if you're making the jokes about chicken I, i'll really be looking at you like are you being serious whereas before i would just be doing ha ah, ah, with you <laughs> <laughs> you know so yeah a change yeah. is coming maybe not in our time and when I'm not saying literally, but as in maybe not within the time that we want it to yeah. be, but mm-hmm. it's definitely coming. Who knows? If God wants it to happen tomorrow, it's right. going to happen. And, the, and there's also the idea that it may never come. Hey, Kenya. Until, until the Lord himself returns completely. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I touch my hair down because yeah, it's but, but that's, hey. the, that's the reality. Yeah. No, I'm going to 
true, but it was faithful. We don't know, but in this time, we just need to continue to act as the waiters, as you said, um, Abisoye. Like a waiter and a waitress, they, their job is to wait upon the customers and to respond. And so, in, and as they are waiting for their customers to respond, they, they serve retirelessly, regardless. They're always there to serve. So in this time, we just wait for God to tell us what to do. And as we're waiting, we continue to serve because he asks. That's all we can really do. Girls, purchases, purchases. I know you love it. We are back, purchases. Oh, purchases. Come on, hey, hey. Can, can you see my thing? Yeah, we can see it. Censored. This needs to be censored. <laughs> what was that? Oh, guys, we're back. Uh, this was a sweet one. It was a heavy one there at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad we did it at this time though Because I feel like legit If we did it a week ago or two weeks ago two I'll weeks be like I'm so angry I wouldn't I'm have tired I wouldn't I would have been so heavy Like yeah, yeah. I would have cried the whole thing oh. through yeah. yeah It was too much to take a break But we're back so uh, And we're so happy to be back we're Together so happy to be back. Reunited and it feels so good. I'm sorry, what's the next? We're we're something, something. We're both so excited because we're not well. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Oh, what do we do? Social, um, oh, yeah, no, um, my Thank you, I've fully forgotten what I say. I don't know. Oh my gosh, guys, guys. We're, we're still trying to figure it out. We're a bit <laughs> rusty. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to yeah. reach out to us, you can reach out to us on our socials. Prejudices Pod on Insta and Prejudices Pod at, on Twitter, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my days. Well done, girl. I'm boozled, boy. I can't used. Um, and then if you want to keep up with us, um, um, you can reach out to me on... <laughs> what is it? <laughs> what what are my social? Okay, so you can follow me, my... You can, wow. You can follow me, Kenya, on Instagram at KXNS underscore. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coco Kens. Yes, I haven't changed it. Yes, it's still... Life, baby. <laughs> <laughs> annoying oh um you can find me abby say on instagram at abby say oh my gosh so weird saying this again <laughs> and on twitter at abby say underscore Austin. um and then <laughs> um you can find myself Rosalind, on instagram and twitter at Rosalind bar Rosalind bar that's it thank you for tuning in see you later see you later